time. Time is running out. Calling all patriots and lovers of our constitutionally protected, God-given, self-evident, innate legal rights in Tennessee and the United States of America. If you are sickened by the liberty-eroding activities of a government that hates you, then it is time to wake up. If you are fed up with the tyrannical leadership on display by all levels of government, now is the time to listen to your reveille call. If you are equally tired of the political class, the new aristocracy, lying to you in their pursuit of power and control, now is the time to take a stand in the arena. Please welcome your host, Larry Linton, U.S. Navy veteran and candidate for Tennessee House of Representatives to the Liberty Leadership and Lies podcast. Well, as promised, ladies and gentlemen, the following is the interview I did with Bob Bell on the Bob Bell Show on WRJZ. I hope you enjoy it. It's a little bit longer than my normal podcast, so please bear with me. I removed most of their station's commercials and only added mine. So, without further ado, here's the interview. The Bob Bell Show, the crossroads where mercy meets mayhem. Now, back to Bob Bell. From Joy 620 WRJZ, good morning to you. Hosanna, Hosanna. Wake up! All of my heart is crying, Hosanna, Hosanna. Wake up! He's coming back soon, we need him more than ever. All of my heart is crying, Hosanna. He's raising up a standard. Hosanna, Hosanna. I know it's a knockoff of a regular popular song, but it is fun. Plus, I thought Becca Shea did a good job with it. And I just put in my bumper music whenever I want to. Let the Lord hold me accountable for it later, which he will. Joy 620 WRJZ. Our good friend Larry Linton is with us. Larry, you're running for office. State Representative District 12, is that right? Absolutely. Yes, sir. Why are you running for office? What are you doing? Well, our government is out of control, and it needs people back in there to put it within its constitutional limitations. So when you say the government is out of control, explain what you mean. They no longer represent the will of the people. They represent the will of the political parties or special interests. And what about uh, constitutionalism, the idea of this, uh, following the state constitution? It's nobody does it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know what I found out when I was in seventh grade? <laughs> when I was in seventh grade in Seymour, Tennessee, there was a, a woman who taught Tennessee history. In doing so, she also start. Uh, she, she also taught as much as she could in the seventh grade to seventh graders about the Tennessee Constitution. It was amazing what we knew back then. And it's not taught anymore. No, of course not. Why would the government educate you on its own limitations? Why would the government <laughs> educate you on something they don't? Yeah, they don't want you to know, so they can get away with it. No, really. Uh, did, did you did you ask your? I mean, tell me what your family thought about when you said, "Okay, people, I'm going to run." They said, do it. <laughs> now, what, what is your background? What are you now? How do you make your living? What do you do? What, what, who are you? Well, I run my own consulting group. Uh, I take my 30 years of experience in the United States Navy and translate that now into uh, high reliability, high risk organizations for leadership 
coaching and uh, human performance coaching. Thank you for serving. We appreciate that. So what was your specialty in the Navy? Well, I was first administration, and then I went into uh, I was the maintenance coordinator for a submarine, and then I went to the senior enlisted realm where I was a command senior enlisted leader on uh, shore commands and a large cruiser. What do you think the experience in the military gave you as far as, you know, running for office? What kind of what kind of benefit is that to you at this point in time? Well, it's a uh, it gives me a truer and deeper understanding of fealty to the constitution. Right. Uh, I reenlisted several times and swore an oath to the constitution. I started didn't you have to swear to uphold? Absolutely. And it doesn't expire. The oath doesn't expire. That's what well, I started to say. <laughs> but but what people don't realize, I wonder is okay. You're you you put your hand on the Bible. You swore an oath, but yes. I'm also supposed to uphold the Constitution too as a citizen of the United States, right? Absolutely. I mean, and most people don't. And if you have people who are naturalized citizens, like one of the most beautiful things I see are people who come in the right way and they're naturalized citizens, and they wait their turn. They go through the process. They take this test. By the way, what's sad is most of them will know more about our education and even our civics. Then do we have the time? And then they take an oath. And part of that oath is upholding the Constitution of the United States. Absolutely. Isn't that amazing? Right. And the people that are just born into it, they just don't understand it anymore. Again, it's because the government doesn't make that a focus of their government education. It's not public education anymore. It's it's government education. In the state of Tennessee, um, there's an opportunity, or some people call it an opportunity, to fund uh, the big stadium in Nashville for the Titans. Obviously, the baseball stadium here, you know, as a state representative candidate, and you're looking as a conservative, as, as somebody who really takes seriously, this isn't my money, it's it's my citizens' money, it's my constituents' money. How do you see expenditures like that? Do you think it's a wise investment? Do you think, you, can you make it back or... Is this just using somebody else's money when we don't have to? It's using somebody else's money when they don't have to. Government, there is nothing so well designed to take away the citizens' money <laughs> than the government they apathetically let get elected. Why are no, we... Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you apathetically let get elected. Correct. That's, that's key right there. Right. The lack of participation in our self-governance yeah. has got us to this point. Where yeah. Why are we paying for a stadium when it should be the organization that going to be occupying the stadium should be built. Who's going to be making the money off of it? Right. They said, well, you're going to make tax money off of it. I'll just be the devil's advocate. <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're going to be benefiting from the, the, the sales tax and all the things are going to be sold in a business uptown. It's going to be wonderful. So down in Sevier County, we're going to benefit from sales taxes. Well, in... no, we're taking your baseball team away from you. <laughs> right. So how are we benefiting in Sevier County from the new stadium here in Knoxville or the the new Titan Stadium in Nashville. <laughs> well, you get to go to Nashville and spend money there because they need it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing a very good yeah, job playing devil's gov- advocate. The government likes to use our tax money as the government or as the carrot and stick to get compliance from us. Gotcha. Well, now that's been a long time. Since 1913. It's, it's, it really, <laughs> yes, yeah, since the income tax was implemented, I, I tell people one of the biggest things that happened in history that we don't pay any attention to is the very year that automatic withholding became law. Right. When when it came out of your check before you even saw it. Right. What what would happen if every quarter, every citizen, Larry, mm-hmm. had to write his or her check to the United States government 
for taxes. Absolutely. I used to joke about it. there's a fundamental way that we could actually change what occurs in our country with the way our government is run. How's that? Two things. First, you do away with federal withholding. It wasn't even supposed to last past World War II. Right. Yeah, yeah we need the money now to pay for the war. Okay, it'll end after the war. What government program? That's, that's, that's harder to kill than there's a vampire. Never, there's never been. Right. So do away with federal withholding and make people actually stroke a check. Right. But then change tax day from April 15th to the first Monday in November. I got, I got it even better. Change election day to April 15th. Oh, absolutely. Whatever. If one of those two, those two days have to line up to figure out when you stroke a check to Uncle Sucker and his 50 greedy little nephews. And you also then have to go vote. Right. So, or you should go vote. Right. It would be motivation to get yourself involved, learn something, and then go vote. Absolutely. So, um, well, I think we've raised several generations, two generations now at least, um, somehow in the school system, that's a whole nother discussion, but in the school system, we've raised a whole nother generation to say that the government is supposed to be your supplier, the savior. Well, <laughs> my pastor said something on Sunday that really struck home with me. And I thought this was good. And he said, you know, church, we're the ones that are supposed to fill in and do those needs and take care of the needs of people because we crawl into their lives and find out what they actually need uh, rather than what just throwing money at them. Right. Which takes away their dignity, which takes away their incentive. And addicts them. It does. Makes them a ward of the state. Absolutely. All right, Larry, I, I could tell that we are kinfolk here. Larry <laughs> Linton. Sevier County, so District 12 covers what area, roughly? Most of Sevier County. Okay. So the District uh, 17. Even my hometown of Seymour? Absolutely. I live close. Right Have they still got Seymour. my statue up there? Uh, they, no, they took it down, didn't they? They did. <laughs> I'm hoping to get replace it with mine. <laughs> Some of those mobsters, they come and they come and tore it down. Right. Those trans publicans. That was too ugly. <laughs> 645, Republican Linville, uh, yes, uh, Larry Linton. There we go. Oh, I'm an independent, not a Republican. Oh, you're an independent. Yeah, Hallelujah. Constitutional concert. A constitutional, constitutional conservative. conservative. Absolutely. Which is independent. Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. All right. If you have questions, comments, or perhaps even start snide remarks, you can call. <laughs> 865-342-5620. Today's edition of You've Got to Be Kidding is coming up next. For three years in a row, he was voted the most talented talk show host in America. But we couldn't afford it, so we have Bob Bell. Thousands upon thousands listening terrestrially today. Another bunch on streaming, WRJZ.com, all over the world. From Tel Aviv to Teleco Plains and everywhere in between. It's now 6.52, eight minutes now, away from 7 o'clock. Enjoy 620 WRJZ and 102.5 FM in Sevier County at 99.5. Uh, meanwhile, we have uh, Larry Linton here with us in studio. He is a candidate, District 12, state representative and independent constitutional Republican. No, he's not. He's not a Republican. He's constitutional conservative. Let's put it that way. In other words, he's a textualist. Is that correct? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Larry Linton is with us. Uh, Next hour, you're going to be talking about your candidacy 
what it takes to run, uh, the things you're up against, not being identified with a particular party, Republican or Democrat, with the elephant or the donkey, does that cause problems? We'll we'll talk about that. Don't, that, that holds your feet. He's ready to go. <laughs> He's ready to go. Oh, here's one for you. Here's one for you. Uh, numbers came out, of course, recently saying that, once again, for another quarter, we have had another downturn in the GDP, the gross domestic product. Now, I don't know about you. When I went to econ school over at the University of Tennessee, it's one of the classes I actually attended, they said two consecutive quarters of GDP downturn means a recession. It's the R word. If, if the president's last name also had conservative and or Bush or something else beside it, or Trump, it would be a recession. But at this point, they have decided they, being the uh, finance wizards of the New York Times, and perhaps uh, some of the other great newspapers that are out there <laughs> have decided to just simply change the, the meaning of the word recession. I'll talk about that. All of that plus conservative politics and trying to spend your constituents' money the right way with accountability. What does that look like? We'll talk about it coming up next. 7 o'clock at Joy 620 WRJZ. I'll have a little bit of news. Fox News will have a little bit of news. We'll have a little bit of news. Brought to you by Fox Toyota in Clinton. Exit 122 off I-75 North. It's eight minutes after 7 o'clock. With me in studio is Larry Linton. Larry is uh, a blogger. He is also a podcaster. He's running for uh, Tennessee 12, which is the 12th district, state of Tennessee. State representative as an independent constitutional conservative. Is that correct? Is that about check correct. all the boxes or so? Absolutely. Therefore, so you you've served in the Navy for how long? Thirty years. For oh, for thirty years. So you're not a short timer. No. <laughs> so you served in. A, so tell me about your family. Uh, I got a wife and daughter. They both live here. My daughter just recently. Well, she moved here right after I retired here. Uh huh. Denise and I moved here in 2017. As soon as I retired from the Navy, uh, we vacationed here for years, and we always ah. Went. See, I was going to ask that. Yes. What brought you to East Tennessee? The people. Yeah. And the scenery. So what do you think about um, over the last couple of years, especially the last one or two years, mm-hmm. the great escape? I mean, I've had people, be it from New Jersey or from Portland or from uh, parts of California, that have come up to me in other places and said, we came here because it's untenable to live where we are. <laughs> I mean, what what do you make of that? And they're coming to East Tennessee. Well, the human nature is a constant longing for freedom. Right. And Tennessee Makes sense. is one of the last bastions of freedom in the United States of America, although it's being eroded. Right. So it that, can quickly disappear if you're not careful. Right. So that's what prompts a lot of people to move here. You see that happening in Florida right now. A lot of people are moving from all over the country there. Tennessee's in the what, top five for people relocating. Mm-hmm. Because of the the policies that we do have in place here, the freedoms that we do have right. and respect and enjoy. And at least uh, some number of legislators have at least appreciated the Constitution, but we're not following it enough, and that's why you're running. Absolutely. Is that, what, is that, is that accurate? Don't let me put words in your mouth, by the way. No, uh, <laughs> they have forgotten the Constitution. They've forgotten their oath to it, and they've forgotten their oath to the people to not do anything injurious to their, to their liberties, mm-hmm. and they're doing it all the time. And as you said, this is not just a, a Democrat problem, it's a Republican problem. Absolutely. The, both parties, as President Washington warned us, 
would end our republic because it becomes a party loyalty. It's not loyalty to the Constitution anymore. Right. It's loyalty to the party. To the party. And you can see that. And one of the reasons why I'm an independent is the state GOP here is just they put in some rules that you have to pay to play. They have to. You have to prove your bona fides, and even I've I've met a candidate that proved their bona fides, and was still denied by the state GOP to run as a Republican. So to prove their bona fide, what are they asking that you do? Uh, you have to prove it or vote in three out of the last four primary elections for the Republican. Gotcha. And uh, instead well, of switching parties and trying to do this, that, right. and the other, and manipulate and whatnot. And Scott Golden said there would be waivers for people that would wouldn't meet that requirement because they were too young to have voted. Right. This candidate was denied her waiver. Then she got her bona fides from the county GOP proven that she's a good Republican, and they still denied her the ability. Now, you couldn't have qualified anyway because you just moved here in 2017. Is that right? Am I reading that right? Right. I could have. They could have investigated that, but why am I going to put my hands in the, in or my fate as a Mm -hmm. candidate in the hands of a party that doesn't even know me, that they're going to investigate they're going to go to other states that I voted in absentee as a member of the military for the last 30 years. I'm not going to leave my faith in their hands. They don't know me. So now here's the question. Um, you've obviously gone some, some door-to-door, at least talked to people who are potential constituents. What's the reaction when you tell them who you are and what you intend to do? Well, there was a recent event that I attended. Uh, my work takes me out of state a lot. Uh-huh. But uh, there was a, a Meet the Candidates event. And they did a straw poll at that event that was hosted by Empowered Severe a few months ago down in Sevier County. Uh-huh. And, uh, of course, I'm the only outsider there, right? Bunch of incumbents, <laughs> bunch of old family names. I know. Whaley, yeah. Ogle, I got it. That's right. They're all running. We all have these little booze. But uh, they took a straw poll during the day. Uh-huh. And, of course, I lost the straw poll. Sure. But uh, what I did get is I got the same number of votes in that straw poll, uh-huh. as the people that came up and talked to me. Huh. So my message resonates. People want their freedom. People want their government to be responsive to them and not special interest groups, not political action committees, and not to some far-off entity in Nashville. Right. People want their representative to be a servant leader. So District 12 is mostly Sevier County. Correct. Um, and Sevier County is is... You know, it's it's one of the great places to live. I, I grew up there, mm-hmm. so I get it. But my name was not Whaley or Ogle or however. However, I enjoyed going up there, and I, and I did understand that we had, a, for generally speaking, a good value system. Correct. So here's the question. When it comes to um, your 30-second commercial, if you were to say you get on the elevator with somebody, right, and they say, well, Larry Linton running for office, Tell me about yourself. Why are you running? You gave it just a few moments ago, but what is your what is your little elevator speech to them? For far too long, our politics have given us a choice of between the lesser of two evils, the evil of apathy and not voting, or the evil of apathy and following just party loyalty. I'm here to offer you the actual alternative. Choosing between the lesser of two evils is still an evil. Yeah. I am not that option. I am the better option. So what is it if you were to if you were to have votes come before you, let's talk about pro life issues because that's mm-hmm. going to resonate with a lot of East Tennesseans, mm-hmm. especially people in Sevier County. Because I know them. Absolutely. And I'm I'm a pro lifer 
uh, I don't vote in Sevier County anymore. I'm, I'm in Knox County, and I'm in I'm in a different district. But I, I want to make sure. Now, this is me. Back years ago, Larry, I was told it doesn't matter if they're pro life or not. Just do they follow the Constitution? Okay. I mean, I, we're talking about state legislatures. Mm-hmm. Well, they're never going to vote on stuff like that. Well, here we are with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, and it's going to go back to the state legislature. So before I put anybody in office, I want to know what your worldview is. My worldview is life begins at conception, and it's our job to protect life at all costs. Okay. Which means that that's got to filter down the way you govern. Absolutely. Good. All right. So, I, all right, I, I could go with that now. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just, I, I remember people telling me, well, now, here's another one that I thought was interesting. And I started to get into it before the top of the hour. And this is national, but it's also local. We, our education system, even in the University of Tennessee, and I had a congressman tell me, he said, you know, before you stroke your check to the land-grant universities that you support, you ought to find out what they support or what they teach. And I thought, that makes sense. Before you start stroking these million, two million, three million dollar checks, and people do, uh, find out what's going just so you can get your name on a building, teaching a bunch of garbage. Anyway, um, <laughs> we found out that uh, a recession is not two quarters in a row of downturn in GDP. Only this year, though. Well, see, um, I went to the University of Tennessee back in 1981, and I attended a an Econ 101 class. An Econ 101 class with George, I think his name was George Spivey, was the actual um, professor. It was on video. It was actually videotape in 1981. I mean, we were high tech right there. But um, he explained to me what real economics looked like and free market economy and everything. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And I don't know if he was Republican or Democrat, but he was accurate. Right. And two, two downturns in the GDP in a row constitutes a recession. But you see people, whether it's New York Times or whoever, bending over backwards, contorting themselves not to say those words in this day and age. And it's it's become obvious that uh, the dominant media culture that reports our news now, for the most part, especially especially nationally, um, is not even, is not fair, is not, it's just people know that instinctively. So how do you tell people to to pay attention to what real facts are? How do we go get real numbers and find out what the economy is like, not only around the nation, but here in the state of Tennessee? Turn off the television. And read what? And read what, what's anything on the Internet. There's there's multiple sources out there. I read left and right mm-hmm. just to see how the, you have to know how your enemy thinks. That's what I started to say. You, you probably, <clears throat> if you just are monolithic in what you're consuming, right? you, you, you know, you yeah, you don't get a full picture of what's going on. Right, and you have to you have to learn what your enemy is thinking by reading what they're thinking because right. they telegraph it. So, I call them the useful idiots in media. So we got the new aristocracy in Nashville and a bigger one in in Washington D.C. Mm. And they're only kept in power because of their useful idiots in media and, and entertainment. So I guess our message here is: don't be useful idiots. Research the people who are running for office. Exercise critical thinking. And, and be sure and pray before you go. Get informed, pray, then go vote. Absolutely. Early voting from now till uh, Saturday, as a matter of fact. The election day, Thursday, August 4th, right here at Joy 620 WRJZ. It's Larry Linton. Uh, he is candidate for District 12, right here at Joy 620. We're back in a moment.
known for his lofty goals. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody instead of a bum. Let's get back to him before he pops. Here on Joy 620, WRJZ. Good morning and welcome in. Yeah. I feel like a freak show sometimes, that's for sure. Streaming live at WRJC.com. We're also at 102.5 FM. It's Joy 620. You know what happens is a lot of times these elections happen. Larry Linton is with us, a candidate for uh, Tennessee House 12, uh, running for state representative in that district, mostly in Sevier County. But you, you, you have people, whether it's on a national level, level or on a state level, they get into an office as a state legislature or a state senator, uh, either one, and uh, Foghorn Leghorn comes in there. Yes, sir. Come in. Hey, boy. Welcome to Nashville or welcome to Washington. You like uh, you like working out in a special workout room, do you? <laughs> you like steak dinners every night, do you? You like all that money coming in to your war chest so you can be reelected? It's almost like the moment they're elected and installed into office, the reelection process begins. So we lose the constitutional idea of a representative republic, which is what we're supposed to be. How do we fight that, Larry? What What do you do? Well, you get it's, it's very encrusted. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Is I'm trying to fight that. I, I understand that the you know being my background in the military, thirty years, I understand the chain of command mm-hmm. and what these current crop of elected officials they under, they've forgotten what the chain of command is. The chain of command goes from my constituents to me, right? Nobody else. Self governing, right? I don't work for anybody in Nashville, or I won't. Right. I don't work for anybody other than the people that put me in office. Right. And that's what we all got to get back to. And that's where the people come into play. They have to hold those people accountable. We have a way to change our government peacefully every two years. Mm -hmm. We need to start exercising that. We need to put people in office that are true servant leaders for their constituents and don't get addicted to this PAC money. I don't have anybody donating money to me in my campaign other than family, friends, and residents of Sevier County. Right. That's it. And so, I won't accept any PAC money because I don't work for them. Well, it's, it's, it's it, it assume, I mean, it's going to come with a string. Right. It always sure, comes with I'll, a string. Sure, I'll support you if you'll vote this way. Yeah. But if, if when this bill comes up, you'll do this. N- nope. If the vote comes up and it's unconstitutional or violates my oath, it goes down. Are there any particular types of legislation that you would propose if you got elected? I would start with, right now, we have a serious problem in our country with education, mm-hmm. government education, mm-hmm. local boards of education. Sevier County, I mean, you wouldn't think it is this way in severe, sweet little Sevier County, very conservative area of the nation. Our school board doesn't talk to us. I've went to several meetings. I've even spoken at a couple. Interesting. They don't respond to the people in attendance. They'll talk amongst themselves. Uh They will never talk to a constituent. They sit up there in their stoic silence while parent after parent after parent brings up this 
terrible curriculum that's even in Sevier County, the social-emotional learning stuff, mm-hmm. that is sexualizing, it's corrosive, and it's divisive, and they won't respond at all. I've sent several inquiries to the current chairman who's uh, actually in of my district, of the school district I live in, and he he's responded once, and I'm waiting on this last question that I've sent him uh-huh. for four weeks now. So you sent him a question in an orderly fashion via email, I take it, or correct? Whatever. Yeah, because they don't respond to me at the school board. Meetings. Okay, so you you sat down and wrote your thoughts down, right? And I'm still waiting. Asked an response. honest question, you're not getting a response. Correct, and that's the way they are. There is very little. If you look at the board of education policies for Sevier County and, and compare them to the surrounding counties, mm-hmm. there is very little in there about parental or citizen or resident involvement in their policies. Mm. They ignore us completely. And when they do respond, they respond via the assistant superintendent of schools, not an elected official. A school district employee will respond to a citizens concerned. Now, I want to be careful about this, too. This is not an attack on teachers. No, absolutely not. There are good teachers, but there are bad teachers. Sure. The, especially these people that completely support, I don't, I don't know if you've heard recently about the National Education Association, had a li- little uh, gathering in Chicago here a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And the stuff that they are promoting. Now, remember, the National Education Association is supposed to be a public sector union mm-hmm. that lobbies on for benefits for their employees. Right now, they are taking their teachers' dues monies that in the Tennessee Education Association, the little sister, and they're promoting policies that are corrosive, divisive, and sexualizing and work against the communities they are supposed to be representing. It almost seems like some of these ideas that come through the NEA especially are designed specifically to deter or tear down the family. Absolutely. Every bit of it. It's almost like it's a it's a design. It, it is by design. Everything that they do is by design to break up what has been the hallmark of Western civilization is the family union. Well, they just call you patriarchal. Right. Or they slap another label on you, whatever the, the latest label is. They can call me anything. You know, I, I learned this in the... <laughs> Tyrannical, patriarchal, he's just terrible. After 30 years of being in the military, I realized I don't need to bring my fan or my feelings into that. I brought my feelings to work one day and got stepped on. So I don't bring my feelings to work at all. This is all about the Constitution. Or sometimes your feelings lie to you. For what they- <laughs> right. It's the Constitution, what it says, what it actually says, not what has been interpreted as saying. Yeah. What the Constitution says, and that's what we swear an oath to uphold. Yeah, I talked to a couple just the other day that's uh, millennials, so they're a little bit older. They're, they're millennials are getting into their 30s now. And uh, this conservative millennial couple looked at me and and. It's not because they have a dislike for teachers or for, for local local administrators, but the curriculum, they won't. They're not sending their kids to public school. They just won't. They'll either send the kids to private school. This couple right here is going to. They're going to be homeschooling, so they're going to control what is homeschool. Right, because public school, and when people think about it, that's relatively new on the scene in human development. Sure, homeschooling is the way it's supposed to be done. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you give the government control of your kids more hours of the day than you have them, that's a recipe for disaster. So Ephesians 6, 4, fathers, raise your children in the nourishment and admonition of the Lord. Fathers? What? What? Yeah. 
Not non-birthing parent, but fathers. <laughs> All you former fetuses, join us after the break. More with Larry at Joy 620 WRJZ and 102.5 FM in Sevier County at 99.5 and all over the world at WRJZ.com. We're solving the rest of the problems. Back to Bob. Life is a box of chocolate. You never know what you're going to get. Yep, the nutty chocolate one in the Joy 620 box. From Joy 620 WRJZ. Yes. Hello, all you former fetuses out there. It's good to have you at Joy 620 WRJZ. 102.5 FM. All over the world at WRJZ.com. You download the free app and you take us with you wherever you go. Or you just stream live right off the right off WRJZ.com. Just hit the listen live. That's what I do. Hit the listen live button. We got uh, we are we, we got listeners in Portland. Yeah. <laughs> the People's Republic thereof. Right. Anyway. We're glad you're free, at least for now, to listen to Radio Free Europe. <laughs> anyway, you remember what that was, don't you, Larry? Radio Free Europe. You're, you're probably younger. I'm oh, younger. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> Radio Free Europe. <laughs> this is Radio Free America, hopefully, right. here at Joy 620. Um, so when did you decide to run for this office? Uh, How long ago was it that you said, okay, I'm going to pull the trigger? About a year ago. That's starting to say it's a process, isn't it? Right, right. I started my uh, my podcast in uh, around March of last year, uh-huh. and I uh, attended some GOP meetings locally, and I, I just saw that there's nothing getting done. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I harken back to my time on active duty when I was a chief petty officer. I used to, uh, during initiation season, make all the new chief selectees uh-huh. go research Teddy Roosevelt's citizenship Whoa. in the Republic. Speech. Look at you. And it, it, it is about taking a stand in the arena. And then I thought, how, how can I tell, have told people to do that all their right. life and not do it myself? So I decided to take a stand in the arena mm-hmm. because citizenship in a Republic requires that, requires everybody to participate. We, and, and, and that's what self-governance is. Right. I mean, the idea is you're to serve a certain amount of terms to go back to doing what you're doing. Right. You know, that's kind of the, what do you think about term limits? I'm in favor of them, but it, 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 they should be self-imposed. They should be as our founding fathers designed it. That's right? a should, but right. But I, they're not because it's supposed to be a volunteer position. Well, it's like I told you though, not a career. <laughs> as soon as you get in, let's, let's talk about federal government. As soon as you get into elected as Congress or a, a, a Senator, you know, Foghorn Leghorn comes in there. You like that comfortable chair there, boy or young lady? All right. Well, we'll make sure you get some money as long as you. Let me tell you, this bill's going to come up. You're going to vote this way. And it might be your party leader that comes in storming into the office. And I'll just, you like that chair? You like where you work out there and having steak every night? Well, you're going to be, your family's taken care of, health care taken care of. And, and, you, and you look uh-huh. at the stuff that they're proposing. Yeah. Not a lot of people know about Article 1, Section 8 of the United States Constitution. Which is? The enumerated powers. Mm. Congress can only make laws in those certain areas. Right. And lately they... So why is Nancy Pelosi making all these investments? Because people haven't (laughs) held her accountable is the best way I could say that. She does have a really mean ice cream freezer. Right. Uh, So $13,000. All this legislation is packed in and they give it some sort of semblance of constitutionality. Yeah. You know, they've got these constitution- That's usually wrapped up in the name of it. Right. Let's I call it, sound it good. an artful lie. Yeah. 
It's an artful lie, and they've been lying to us for for generations, for over a hundred years now. Exactly on all their legislation. It's not, most of it is unconstitutional, such as the Department of Education. That's what I started saying. It's what 1978. Is that right? 1913. It's no, 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 1978 is the National Education Association. Oh, the, their, yeah. the, the lobby, right, the union. But I'm talking, I'm going all the way back to 1913 when the government figured out how they fleeced us. Yeah. They get first cut of all our money. How that's, to confiscate your money. That's that's when all the unconstitutional. So the government said, we're going to inflict a tithe on you. Right. <laughs> it's more than a tithe now. And then, well, it's, well, it's more than a tenth. Yeah, as so a now, business owner, I... I pay the employee and employee share of taxes, and it's crippling. Well, an hour ago, one of the things we kind of hit was the fact that uh, automatic withholding came years after that. Right. was supposed to be temporary. Nothing's ever temporary in that particular situation. So, well, people said, well, I've, it's more convenient because I don't have to worry about it, and it's just deducted from my paycheck. <laughs> right. So what if every quarter, every three months, citizen Dave Claybo had to stroke a check for his own taxes to the United States government? And so did Citizen Larry and Citizen Bob. Would that change our thoughts on how we vote and how we get informed and what we understand about who's proposing what? If it didn't change their minds, I would say that they're they're quite comfortable being a, sheep, a slave. A sheep. Yeah. Right? The slave is always, it, well, the person's always going to be a slave if uh, the slave is beholden to the lender. Correct. And so the lender and one of the things in, in government institutions, even sometimes with some of the most well-meaning people, they make people a ward of the state. Absolutely. Because power is an interesting aphrodisiac, unfortunately. Yeah. Power is security. Yeah. Give me give me three hots and a cot, and I'll do whatever you do. That's sad. Yep. 740. I remember a young fellow a long time ago. It's probably been about 20 years ago here at the station. He was a younger guy getting into radio. He's in Nashville now. It's funny. But uh, this younger guy came back. It was the third of a month, and he came back to the station. He was gonna. He was literally this before direct deposit. Mm-hmm. He was putting his paycheck in the bank, but it was on the third day of the month. And he came back to the station. He was steaming mad. I said, "Chris, what's wrong, man?" Chris was obsessed. He said this. He said, "I got to tell you, it's a third of the month. And you have all these people going to the bank, and he said it's not." What they're doing is putting their welfare checks in. I said, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was I'm fifth in line, and I'm getting late for lunch coming back. I can't even I can't even get it done. <laughs> I said, oh, weed hopper, you're learning something extremely important, right? And that he did. I said, you're seeing a lot of people that are beholden. I said, what other things did you see about the paycheck? Well, some of them were driving Cadillacs, some of them were driving uh, vehicles that he could not possibly afford, nor would he try to. But they but they had a government check. That they were putting in the bank. Right. Interesting, isn't it? Absolutely. 744 at Joy 620. John MacArthur's coming up later on this afternoon, 12 noon, with grace to you. He talked about uh, how God found you, but you did find God, but God found you first, but you did find God. It's a two in both ways. Peter and Andrew had already met Christ, but they had sort of found him. They had sort of come along. But Philip is the first individual to whom the Lord expressly said, follow me. He walked up and found him and said, follow me. But may I hasten to add that Philip also had a seeking heart. God doesn't find people against their will. He had a seeking heart. And if you look at verse 45, after verse 44, where it says he was from Bethsaida, where Andrew and Peter lived, it says, Philip then went to find Nathaniel or Bartholomew, same person, 
and said to him, We have found him. Now, from the Lord's viewpoint, he found Philip. From Philip's viewpoint, he found the Lord. And isn't that the way your testimony goes? <laughs> the sovereign side is that God found you. The human side is that you found Christ. Wow. And in order for it to happen, both of you had to be seeking. Pretty neat, huh? The Joy 620 WRJZ at 12 noon. We'll hear more of that today. Larry, you ready for your final leg of the Bob Bell Show? It's flown by, hasn't it? Sure has. We're back in a few moments here. Joy 620 WRJZ and 102.5 FM. The Bob Bell Show. About to start right now. Joy 620 WRJZ. For Joy 620 WRJZ and 102.5 FM, 99.5 in Sevier County. All over the world at WRJZ.com. We are self-governing. But it also says there is a submission to authority. I, 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 don't get caught. Larry says, what's he talking about? Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. This is Romans 13.1. There's no authority except for which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he's talking about the structure. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority and rebelling against, he's talking about the Roman government in this case. This is the church at Rome. Against what God has instituted, those who do so will bring judgment upon themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Now, again, it's in the context of the Roman government, first century. Do you want to be uh, free from fear and from uh, the harm of authority? To do what is right, and he will commend you. Uh, for he's God's servant to do good for you. Now, I read this to a group of people that that were running for office one day, mm-hmm. and I said, how does that make you feel? And they each one, Larry, said, that makes me feel heavier with responsibility. And I said, "That's then you're okay to vote for. <laughs> if that doesn't make you feel more responsible when Paul writes that, if it makes you feel puffed up, we don't need to elect you, man or woman. Right, and I... Our fa- I go back to our founding documents all the time. Our founding documents uh-huh. were heavily Christian-inspired. Yes. Our current government does not follow those things. So that is not rebelling against authority. That's trying to reinstitute the authority of those Christian founding documents. There you go. Our, our country. Interesting. I'm glad, I'm glad you put it that way because the fact of the matter is that's what they're doing. Right. Is they're, they're giving what appears to be the finger to the Constitution, much of which the Constitution, that is, is based on a founding principle that's found in Scripture, especially the separation of powers. Did you did you notice how many direct executive orders the president signed within his first two weeks in office? It, it, oh, it was it, it was, was like forty two or something within the first two weeks. Right, I discussed that on my podcast uh, right after that, and there as because all the commie liberal useful idiot journalists are like always hair on fire when Trump signed one, right? Exactly. Biden doubled his. Well, no, no. He's, well, Trump signed four within the first two weeks. Right. 42 within the first two weeks for this guy. Oh, yes. I mean, he had them all stacked up. They were already ready to go. Stacked up and ready to go. He didn't know what he was signing. Right. Uh, and, and again, exec- this one here. executive orders really only have authority over the executive branch of government. Exactly. People don't understand that in our constitutional republic. That Article 1, Section 1 of this U.S. Constitution says all... Lawmaking ability shall reside in the Congress. Exactly. Not 
Not the judicial branch. You don't legislate from the judicial branch, and you don't legislate from the interpretive branch for interpreting the law. Absolutely. So here's the deal. You have all these people. I don't care if it's Fox News, and I don't care if it's NBC or ABC or CBS or MSNBC or CNN. Lord help us. It's all, well, our democracy will not survive. Good, because democracy shouldn't. We're we're not a democracy. I get so sick of hearing this. This is being taught in school. It's being said casually. It's it's a representative republic. It's a constitutional republic. It's not a democracy. In fact, our founding fathers hated and feared a democracy. Right. Me and Dave, a democracy says, me and Dave in, in Bobland, me and Dave can conspire because we're a majority and take away all the property of Larry. Just because we're a, a, a majority, we can go ahead and confiscate your property. Right. Take it away from you. You have no say in it because the majority, the democracy has spoken. Mob rules. That's mob rule. Folks, we got to start watching our terms. That's why I don't ever say, well, save our democracy. No, we, we don't have a democracy. It's not designed that way. We have to retake the language. For far too long now, the progressives, or I just call them straight up communists, have controlled the language. <laughs> Yeah, but it's socialist utopians. Mm. I mean, uh, you know, whatever you want to attach to we it. We alluded to it earlier. They could change the definition of <laughs> yeah, a recession. What, recession. They've changed the definition of a vaccination. Ch- change the definition of a man or a woman. Right, or they can't even really define well, that. Well, as a congressperson, there's a congressperson, <laughs> there was a congress lady standing up, and she was sitting down. She was testifying one day in Congress, and she said, birthing persons, blah, 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 blah. and I was sitting there just watching casually this particular exchange. And one of the other congressmen on the other side of the aisle said, excuse me, did you just say birthing persons? <laughs> yes, people who can become pregnant. Really? But this is one congressperson talking to another congressperson out in public, and I went, oh, dear Lord in heaven, we can't even understand what a woman or a man is. When Genesis one twenty seven says clearly, male and female created he them. Correct. And there's a great divine design. Anyway. And their divine design is to take that away. They want government to be recognized as the creator Mm -hmm. and the solver and the savior of all of our problems. And judge and jury. Absolutely. 757 at Joy 620. Larry, thanks for joining me today. Okay. House 12, you're running. It's August 4th is election day. Early voting still uh, July 30th for you all? Uh, Or is it it different? It's still down there, yes, in Sevier County. But I'm not on the August ballot. I'm on the November ballot. You're on the November ballot only. That's right. Okay. Pardon me. And you can, me, that's a general election. And you can find out For more about, about me at my website, libertyleadershipandlies.com. Libertyleadershipandlies.com. That's where I talk about our liberty being eroded, the lies told by government, and the leadership, the true servant leadership needed to restore our constitutional republic. Servant leadership. Now, there's a concept. It's interesting. Anyway, 758. Thank you, Larry. I appreciate it. Thank you, Bob.